Hello, ladies and germs. This is Tim Ferriss, and welcome to the brand new Tribe of Mentors podcast. For those who have no background on me, I'm an author, early stage investor in 50 plus companies like Facebook, Twitter, Uber, Alibaba, and many others, and the host of The Tim Ferriss Show, which is a long form podcast with more than 200 million downloads. Tribe of Mentors, this new gig, is an experimental podcast similar in flavor to The Tim Ferriss Show, but much shorter much more distilled. This is season one planned for 10 to 15 episodes. And instead of my usual two to four hour interviews, Tribe of Mentors packs a punch, or so it's intended, in say 10 to 30 minutes on average and delivers tools, habits, and lessons learned from world-class performers in every field you can imagine. So you can think of this as a caffeine jolt of not just inspiration, but also tactical advice that you can use. The Tribe of Mentors podcast is largely adapted from my new book of the same name, Tribe of Mentors, subtitled Short Life Advice from the Best in the World, which details the routines, habits, tools of more than 130 people who are the best at what they do, including elite athletes like Kelly Slater and Dara Torres, legendary coaches like Dan Gable, at least a dozen billionaires and iconic investors, co-founders of companies like Facebook, Twitter, Dropbox, Craigslist, and others, poker and cryptocurrency, phenoms, and many geniuses you've never, ever heard of. In some cases, those are my favorites. And you can learn all about Tribe of Mentors at tribeofmentors.com. That's the book. Or find it wherever books are sold. But let's get into the audio interview. Today's guest is Stephanie McMahon, M-C-M-A-H-O-N. You can find her on Twitter at Steph McMahon, Facebook, Steph McMahon, WWE, website corporate.wwe.com. Stephanie McMahon is the chief brand officer of World Wrestling Entertainment, Inc., otherwise known as WWE, and is the organization's global brand ambassador. She is the primary spokesperson for WWE's corporate social responsibility initiatives, including the Special Olympics, Susan G. Komen for the Cure, and Be a Star, WWE's anti-bullying program. In 2014, Stephanie and her husband, Paul Triple H. Levesque, established Connor's Cure, a fund dedicated to fighting pediatric cancer. Stephanie appears regularly on WWE's flagship programming as a personality. She's been recognized as one of the most powerful women in cable for the past five years by Cable Facts Magazine. Adweek has included Steph in their list of the most powerful women in sports for the past two years. And most recently, Stephanie received the Stuart Scott Inspire Award at the 2017 ESPN Sports Humanitarian of the Year Awards. Steph, what purchase of $100 or less has most positively impacted your life in the last six months or in recent memory? My Bucky neck pillow. I travel all the time and I don't get much rest on the road, so it's important for me to be able to sleep when I can. The Bucky neck pillow is rectangular in shape and fits perfectly behind my head when sitting on an airplane. I can't stand the U-shaped pillows because I have a pea-sized head. Uh, Irish people, they either have giant heads or tiny heads. I'm of the tiny variety, and I mean that in, in every sense because I actually wear my kids' baseball hats, and they're 11, 9, and 7, if that gives you any indication. Um, and those big U-shaped pillows, they just slide up too much on my on my head and it's not very comfortable but the bucky pillow stays perfectly in place giving me all i need for a comfortable flight i would also add to that since then there is a whistle app um, for dogs 
and it comes with a device, a tracking device that you can put on their collar. My dog had recently escaped through, um, through our gate and come to find out that the chip that he has can't be used for anything other than if you actually have a scanner. So it's not a tracking device at all. Um, and I got really worried. What if he got out again? And I got this great uh, tracking device, the Whistle app, and it also monitors his exercise and activity. It lets me know when he's left home, um, you know, outside the safe zone. At any rate, I highly recommend it. It's my new um, best gift or best purchase for under $100. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? Are there any quotes that you think of often or live your life by? Do something you're afraid of every day, often attributed to Eleanor Roosevelt. I live my life by this quote, and I've heard various incarnations of it over the years. Most recently, everything you want is on the other side of fear. Not long ago, I was at WrestleMania, which is WWE Super Bowl, for those of you who don't know, and I was about to walk out in front of a record-breaking crowd of over 100,000 people at AT&T Stadium. In the event that my father actually created... As a part of my husband, who, if you don't know, his name is Triple H, and he's an iconic WWE superstar, it was his entrance on the 20th anniversary of his career with my children and nephews sitting ringside. So to set up the scene, John Cena and The Rock were leaving the ring, and the arena went black. We were up next. I was supposed to ascend to the top of my throne. I literally had a throne which seemed suspended in midair. Um, my you know, character with Triple H is that of the authority. So we wanted to you know, um, have the audience react in kind because of course we are the villains, we are the antagonists and we wanna make sure that people are really riled up to see us wanna lose or to, to, see, to have people wanna see us lose rather. And um, everyone needed to bow down, in essence, to our omnipotent presence. But in that moment, in the dark, right before I was supposed to go run and ascend the staircase, in my heels, by the way, I, I froze. I forgot every word I was supposed to say. I could hear my heart pounding in my ears. Have you ever been so scared you can hear your heart pounding in your ears? And my throat squeezed tight. I felt like I was going to implode or just drop dead right where I was standing. And then I thought about that Eleanor Roosevelt quote. And I thought, if I didn't go out there, I would regret it for the rest of my life. I mean, how many people will ever get a chance to do what I was about to do? It was an opportunity of a lifetime. And there it was right in front of me. So I took a deep breath and I let it all in all the emotion and all of the energy of those people, of those over 100,000 people. And I went out there and I owned that moment. And it was probably the highlight of my career as a performer. Also in this vein, my youngest daughter is seven years old. And just yesterday, uh, when this was written, she had conquered her fear of going off of the big swing at a climbing facility near our house. She had been up there before, all ready to go, and backed out at the last moment. But this time, we were standing around the house, and she had told my husband and I that she was ready. She, she wanted to go. She wanted to do it. This time, she was going to do it. And I'm telling you, this is a scary drop. Like, I've, I've done it, and I, of course, did it with her 
or, or when she tried to do it before, I did it. And it is scary. It's a little two-second free fall before you actually get caught and swing. But it's a huge rush and lots of fun. But she's only seven, and she's this tiny slip of a thing. So there we were, the three of us, making a special trip to this climbing place. And she wanted to psych herself up listening to Am I Evil by Metallica because she loves this song. She found it on her daddy's playlist. And she listened to it on replay the entire 20-minute ride, banging her head, just getting super psyched up. When we climbed all the way up to the swing, and I'm telling you, this swing is a good 30 feet in the air. She got clipped in, and she moved her tiny body, teeny tiny little body, to the end of the platform. And then she had a moment of doubt and fear, and she started to back up. But something came over her, and she started humming a few bars of the song and moved herself forward again. And this time, the countdown began. Three, two one and off she went and when it was over she yelled I want to do it again mommy and I did it I conquered my fear and I just hope that she remembers that feeling forever what is the book or books you've given most as a gift and why or what are one to three books that have greatly influenced your life this one's for Tim but I have to say tools of titans is definitely a book that I have given a lot as a gift Uh, and that I've used as a guide for myself. It's just a quick reference guide to the ultimate motivation and tools that you need to be successful. Uh, I I really find it useful and um, in ways that I I actually were unanticipated. What is an unusual habit or an absurd thing that you'd love? I chug water bottles. It's an absurd habit, but it is the only way that I can stay hydrated I mean, who enjoys sipping water? I'll sip coffee all day, Starbucks, Venti Cold Brew, two shots of espresso, and two stevia packets if anyone's interested. But if I feel the least bit thirsty, I'll grab a bottle of water and chug the entire bottle without stopping. It's, it's the only way I can drink enough water to stay hydrated. I will say right now, though, I am in the middle of a 21-day cleanse with no caffeine, Uh, No red meat, no dairy, no sugar, and no alcohol. And uh, and it also includes a bit of intermittent fasting, something that I've read a lot about um, recently. So uh, it's going pretty well. And minus the insane caffeine withdrawal the first three days, I am now seven days in and doing really well and feeling great, actually, and more alert than I ever do when I'm drinking a lot of coffee. So note to myself, though I know I won't adhere to this, please try to stay on this program. It's really good for you. What is one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made? Most recently, spending time with my grandmother. My grandmother is a remarkable person. She's a 90-year-old North Carolinian who was a budget analyst in the 1940s, which was an incredibly important job, a budget analyst for the Navy. Uh, She was a working mom all the way back then. She loves to drink her vodka tonics and smoke cigarettes and has absolutely no filter on what she says, and she never did. Um, She broke her hip over Christmas. She had made a full recovery, had discs fused in her neck a few months later, and then the time that I wrote this, she had just found out that her lung cancer, which she had beaten before, had come back. And in spite of all of this, when I went to visit her, 
She sat with her back straight and had a fire burning in her beautiful blue-green eyes. I've, I've been visiting her more since her neck surgery and now even more so since she's been battling this lung cancer. Going to see her after dropping the girls at school instead of doing my morning cardio. Um, and I couldn't be more grateful for the time. And she always reinforces what's most important in life. It's the people that you love. And constantly reminds me not to let anybody walk all, all over me. You've got to stand up for yourself, Steph, she says. No one told me how to do it, but I did it anyway, and it served me well. And you teach those girls, meaning my daughters, to do the same. And most recently, uh, one of my daughters has actually um, needed to use that advice. She's um, had some bullying issues in school, and I'm just really grateful that I've had such strong role models, especially my grandmother, to help give me and now help give my daughter, her great-granddaughter, the same tools that, that she used, you know, to stand up and feel good about herself because, you know, it's, it's so important. My father always said to me, as long as you can look yourself in the eyes in the mirror and know that you're a good person, that's all that matters. And that's true. But it also feels really good when you can stand up to someone who's treating you badly and tell them to stop. In the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Well, I'm not as religious as I want to be, um, or as some may say I should be, but before I go to bed, I try to think of three things that made me happy during the day. It's an evolution of thinking of three things that I'm grateful for before bed, which was a prior practice, but I found that I would feel guilty if I did say certain things I was grateful for. Um, and I wound up saying the same things over and over so that it just wasn't very helpful. But thinking of things that made me happy helps me put aside all the baggage I've packed throughout the day and it helps me focus on what's really important. Like jumping in the freezing cold Lake Winnipesaukee with my three girls or getting a random text from my husband telling me I'm beautiful. Um, a colleague gave me the idea and she said she had heard it from Sheryl Sandberg. I know I'm supposed to write these things down before I go to bed and writing them down I do believe is important, that process. But I do have three kids that are 11, 9, and 7 and I train at midnight. So I do the best I can and at least just thinking of three things that made me happy puts a smile on, on my face before I go to bed. And this is actually something that's been reinforced throughout my life right? Energy begets energy and positive energy begets positive energy. Uh, the same as negative energy. And there's actually been a couple of, of my friends recently who have pointed me to readings, scientific readings that find you can actually reprogram your brain to be happier the more positive thoughts you think. Um, I won't try to um, recite the science, but it's, it's pretty interesting reading. Uh, I'll try to give Tim the references. In the last five years, what have you become better at saying no to? What new realizations or approaches have helped with that? I actually have had a hard time learning to say no at all. Um, the culture at WWE is a can-do or yes environment. And as a reminder, I have grown up in this culture um, because WWE has been a part of my life since I was born. Um, there's no such thing as no there can be, yes, we can do that, but here are the challenges if we do. 
but I really can't imagine saying no to my father, Vince McMahon, the chairman and CEO of WWE. No, Vince, sorry, that's impossible. I mean, that is a pure recipe for, um, no, we're going to make it happen. And he does. I did learn, however, that saying no in the right situations can be empowering. A couple of years ago, and okay, I still do this today, I pushed myself too hard. And I think that that is probably a, a common trait among people in our industry, but nevertheless, it, it, can, um, it can be hurtful in some ways. On top of traveling every week as a performer for our live television shows, I was also traveling in my executive role as chief brand officer. I was finally getting a few days at home with my kids when I was informed of a speaking opportunity that would be good for the company. Someone on my team was really looking out for me and said, you know what, Steph, this would be a good opportunity for WWE, but is it really a need to have or is it a nice to have? I realized it was the latter and I actually said no. The result was a couple of very needed days of downtime with my family that really did help fuel my performance when I returned. It's, um, it's not BS, it, at least it's not for me. It, it really does work. I think failure is such an important part of learning. Um, you know, I, I've talked before about uh, Amelia Boone, but I did hear her make an incredible observation at a conference fairly recently, the Fortune Most Powerful Women Conference. And she was talking about her injury. She's, um, for, for those of you who don't know, uh, Tim's counterpart. Uh, she's an extreme athlete and an attorney at Apple, but she recently broke her femur. And she was talking about her recovery and how much she had learned since breaking her hip. And she made the observation that you really don't learn when you're winning. You learn when you're losing. And I think that that's true of failure. You, you have to learn from your mistakes and if you're not making mistakes, you're not growing, you're not trying. I mean, that's life. And I think the more we can allow ourselves um, to make those mistakes and know that it's okay and actually celebrate them, you know, once we, we come out on the other side. I, I think my dad has always taught me just don't make the same mistake twice. Um, you have to learn from your mistakes, obviously, and I think that's very sage advice, but um, I also had a, a friend recently who told me um, about something that had happened to her after grad school and she had gotten fired from her job because of overconfidence or she had made a mistake and how this rattled her for so many years that she actually didn't even talk about it to, to anyone. And she went on to become a very successful executive in the media industry. But when I heard her story... She was still so shaken from it, and it made me so sad for her, not because she had made the mistake or had that experience, but because she put so much pressure on herself, you know, in grad school that she couldn't, she couldn't allow herself to fail. She couldn't allow herself really that opportunity. And I guess if you look at it that way, failure is actually really an opportunity to learn and grow. Hey guys, Tim Ferriss again. If you enjoyed this, just a little taste of this guest, then you will love Tribe of Mentors. 
the book, subtitle Short Life Advice from the Best in the World, which details the routines, habits, and tools of more than 130 people who are the best at what they do. And you can pick and choose. It is a choose-your-own-adventure buffet, but you have just about everyone imaginable. And you can find free chapters, the full list of mentors at tribeofmentors.com and wherever books are sold. So take a look, tribeofmentors.com. Thank you.